Sorry, welcome back to Fenway Park. Food Fighters concert here. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Mike McNichol and Leahy with you here. Uh, Merrimack College with a score after one. A game one, or actually, it is the hockey's first round. The only game of the series in the hockey's first round. Uh, they are all single game series now. It is Merrimack one and Maine nothing. Uh, joining us here in the first intermission, Mark Pallotta here from NeutralZone.net. And Mark, first of all, before we get into talking about, I guess, uh, you know, how the future may look for both of these clubs here since your organization does such a great job of uh, keeping an eye on you know, who's being recruited where and you know, who are some of the top players to keep an eye on. Uh, let's talk about that first period, first of all. Really tightly played, no surprise being a playoff game. Uh, the only difference really is that power play, frankly, I was a little surprised at the call that it was a, you know, kind of away from a scoring chance or what have you, but uh, it was called as an interference penalty, which you know, I said at the time, remember back a few years ago when they started with the NCAA development emphasis on uh, things like interference and uh, you know, I remember one of the videos I think actually showed that sort of play where the player, you know, chips the puck into the zone and then tries to go after it prevent from doing so by the defender. But to be honest, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw it he called and then it ends up being the first call of the game here and it ends up being the difference on the power play for Merriman. No, that's that's true. And, and honestly, you know, it's it's a case where you could call it either way in, in a situation like that, but for if you're main, it's a situation you don't want to be in. A situation where you're down to a one of the top power plays in hockey east. It's a really tough situation to overcome in that in that scenario. So the le- the more you can stay out of the box, the better if you're main. Well, one of the things I liked about the game last week and winning by the score one to nothing over Merrimack was just the fact that they let them play. You know, the officials it really was one of the best games that I've seen in the entire season. Even though there were no goals until there were nine point six seconds left. Exactly right. And not only did they let them play, but they were consistent in letting them play. It could be a situation where, you know, middle of the game, they just let something ticky-tack go, but they were consistent all the way through that game, and there was no there was no hesitation. They just let them play, and it was a scoreless game all the way until 14.5 seconds to go. Again, Mark, a lot of our guests here, so let's talk about the first period here, again, here tonight. Um, Tom Maine came in here, did a lot of what they wanted to do. Um, ben Barr talked with, with us before the game. He needed to have a good start. He couldn't afford a bad start. And come out here, they knew things were going to happen fast here. I thought they did a really nice job of limiting Merrimack's chances. You know, in this rink in particular, Merrimack knowing how to play here, you know, a lot of times they are able to get the jump on teams, especially at the near the beginning of the game. Mentioned almost a little bit by surprise. I realized Maine had played here once earlier this year, but still, uh, the way that Maine, I thought, was able to effectively deny them a lot of scoring chances in that first period was pretty good. It really, it really was. Especially, this feels like a very different Maine team than the one that we saw a few weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was. And this team is, they're playing faster, they're playing harder. They're really chasing pucks down. They're using their bodies more effectively to gain inside ice. This looks like a stronger main team and a more confident main team, which, for if you're Merrimack, that is a tougher draw for sure. Yeah, and you have Matt Thiessen's been playing great in goal for them. We know he did last week against BU, but he was doing that even before then. I realized they lost the game at Providence, but he played really well in that game as an example. Uh, you know, so I think that helps as well. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, Traffic of the uh, of the sharks there uh, is uh, he's you know played pretty well and. Uh, uh you know, I think that when you have a guy who's, I think both these teams have goaltenders that they play, that, that they feel very confident in, and it's going to make this a real tight game. I realize Merrimack's got the lead here, but I'll be surprised if this doesn't end up a one-goal game uh, by the end of the night. 
It really, it really feels that way. And also, I think the Canucks are really happy with what they've seen. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I mean, no, no worries. The Canucks are really happy with what they've seen so far out of Thiessen. He's managing the game very well. He, he isn't letting anything easy around his crease. He's played the puck quickly. He isn't really letting anything get by him, aside from when you have a man advantage situation against, it's really hard to guard against those plucks that are going cross ice. So that's the that's a scenario that you can't really go then. And that was really, if anything, you know, that puck there, maybe just out of the reach of the uh, defenseman who was trying to clear it there. I think that was it. You know, I think they tried, they just weren't able to do so when it comes back on the stick of Jandrick. And Jandrick's played great here. I said it before. He, yeah. I think he's been one of the top players in the league over the second half of the season. And he scores another goal there. He has. He's been, he's been really strong. And what was interesting is, in the first part of this season, the evolution of Jandrick from then to now, the early in the season, Jandrick, he had little bursts of speed here and there. He was chasing pucks down and winning races and things, but he wasn't playing as physical, as heavy on the puck as he is now. And the thing you notice is if you go back through a lot of your podcast specifically interviewing the players, Jandrick is a beast. Jandrick is a beast. A lot of the players recognize how good he is along the wall. Right. Uh, so let's talk a little about recruiting. First of all, for me, uh, Ben Barsman, obviously, and his coach has been out on the recruiting trail. Uh, can you tell us about what Maine's got coming in next year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really interesting for Maine, specifically because if you look at what they're setting up for, this is a situation where you have a new coach coming in, you have some new recruits that come in for the first year, but you don't necessarily see, you know, for new recruits coming in, you don't necessarily see that happen, you know, two, three, two years, three years down the road. This is something that takes a little bit of time to build. For next year, you're going to see a few players that are, especially on the older side, you're going to see more experienced players. You need to build those layers. Look at what Merrimack did after their second season where they brought in, was it 14, 15, 16 players? I don't think you're going to see a recruiting class of that size up in Maine, but you're going to see a lot more experience, heavy on the puck players, playing to that identity like what we had talked about before when Maine was in town before. They really need to fit that identity and start to really build that moving forward. Uh, any names in particular you can tell us, like, you know, guys that uh, to watch for or, or, for, or places maybe uh, on your guys' site where, where uh, folks can go to check that out? Absolutely. So on our site, we have a section that is dedicated specifically to commitments that are coming in each season. So we label all of our commitments based on the year that they come into school. So we have a 2023 list, 24 list, so on and so forth. You can check that out on our website. If you scroll down towards the bottom of the page, we have our top 10 recruiting classes down there. In addition to a full list of all of the 60-plus NCAA teams and who they're recruiting. But in terms of next year, you know, I would love to be able to go through, you know, five, six, seven different players. But the thing is that with the transfer portal, with the advent of, you know, the fifth-year senior, it's really, really difficult to predict which players are coming in at which time. So I don't want to speak out of turn because they may make a lot of changes between then and now. It's tough to say. Uh, score here at the end of one period. Anything else interesting, I guess, on the recruiting front uh, or, you know, news or what have you that uh, you can tell us about? First of all, I guess one thing I'm wondering, Union and RIT, we know from Gibbs College every time, does that start next season and is that already, I guess, having an impact on what they're recruiting? You know, I, I would assume that it would have an impact, but I'm not 100% positive. The news that I had heard is that it takes effect next season. I'm not, I don't have confirmation of that, but that's what I had heard. Just that they could give an athletic scholarship to a player to come in and play in the fall. That's, that's what I had heard. Now, you know, again, I haven't seen what, they, what they've written down for the rule, but that's what I had heard, and I think it will definitely help. It's going to even the playing field 
a little bit. But, you know, if you look at, you know, Union's won a national championship, and RIT has had a lot of success, you know, in the past. This is going to be a case where, you know, I don't think that they were struggling to recruit before, but it only helps you when you're able to offer that aid up front, especially when you're trying to get players that are, you're competing against a lot of those local um, teams in the ECAC, and you have some tough competition to try to get those types of players. All right, Mark, thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Again, the score is Merrimack 1, May nothing. Actually, before we let you go, yes. so first 20 minutes in the in the books here, uh, what do you see here in the second period? Second period, I feel like this is, uh, you know, Merrimack really passed up a lot of shots in that first period, despite the fact that, you know, they're leading in shots 6-4 to four right now. The more that they can shoot the puck on net, the more success they're going to have, the more pressure they put on that main defense. For Maine, you just want to keep battling and keep that puck at the other end of the ice as long as you possibly can. Whichever team is able to execute that game plan is going to have more success. All right, Mark, thanks as always. We certainly appreciate your time, folks. Check out his work, neutralzone.net. All the folks there doing a great job. Thanks again, Mark, for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Mike. Always a pleasure. All right, Mark Pallotta, our guest here in the first intermission, brought to you by Under Armour with the score, Merrimack 1 and May nothing. We will be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hunter.